Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here, Travis Krenz, my good friend alongside me, fine co-host of this great podcast. Uh, Krenz, I, I don't think we have any national anthem talk to discuss this week. That's fantastic. Good job, NFL, staying out of the headlines. Oh, it'll be brought up again, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Let, let's celebrate, though, that this week we don't have to talk about it, which is great. We don't have any NBA I, or NHL talk. Oh, I'm sorry, you were saying? Well, I, I would like to just send out a tweet and see if I could get any any uh, response here of, of why we play that song before a, a sporting event. And we, we don't play it anywhere else regularly in our lives. I, I can't remember the last time I heard the National Anthem and I wasn't at a game. So I can't I can't remember. So yeah. I don't know why we do it. I'd be interested to see what people would say. Well, we'll see. You could do a, conduct a little Twitter experiment there. Uh, we uh, don't have any NBA or NHL to talk about anymore because the NBA uh, season and the NHL seasons are complete Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors and the Washington Capitals on winning the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Final, respectively. Uh, we'll, of course, be talking about NBA free agency as that approaches here at the beginning of July because uh, of what LeBron and everything. But uh, let's just start there. NBA Finals, uh, it was a sweep, the sweep that I predicted, the sweep that I hoped for. And I will just say this. I mentioned it in the blog on Monday. A sweep, to have a sweep in a best of seven series, you must play four games. I would make the argument that there were not four full games played in this series because the Cavs did not show up in the second half of game four. Uh, that was a quite the embarrassing performance, was it not? It reminded me of the Toronto Cavaliers series. Yes. It was a sweep. First game was close, first game team that lost probably should have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, the second game was not close. The third game uh, was a game that the losing team had more than ample opportunity to win, did not. And uh, the last game, things went out of hand. So I thought it was very similar to the Toronto series. Happy that it was a sweep. And um, I think Golden State's going to win next year, and I think they're going to beat the team that LeBron's on, assuming LeBron is as smart as I hope he is and he stays in the East. Right. Uh, we'll get into LeBron here uh, in a little bit, um, partic- at, at least where we think he's potentially going to land. We've, we've discussed this from time to time here before, but I, I just think that when we look at everything that happened in this series, uh, I mean, Kevin Durant was named the MVP, and rightfully so. I mean, his 43-point effort in uh, Game 3 is, that's the stuff that, in my mind, maybe I'm maybe I'm over, uh, maybe I'm just being prisoner of the moment here. But that's the those are the games that legends are made of, uh, of made of. Yes. And he did everything he could to carry that team. There was not another guy. Yes, all five starters fig, uh, finished in double figures in Game Three. But the the second highest point total was eleven. I mean, Kevin Durant was just a cold-blooded assassin and willed the Warriors to victory there in Game 3. We talked about the, the moments that Jordan had, and we talked about the moments that LeBron had had. Mm-hmm. And when you think about Kevin Durant and his moments at Game 3, 
uh, will be up there. The shot he made last year, uh, was it also a game three? Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, game yes, three? game three, yep. To, to basically close that series up to give him a 3 nothing lead. It's those, those are the moments that uh, when Kevin Durant retires. Also, yep, he did that one and that one and finals MVP. Yeah. yeah, he was just sensational. Steph Curry had a terrible shooting night in Game 3, and then he rebounded nicely in Game 4. Six of, what, 6 of 13 from beyond the arc, 34 points, 37 points, something like that. He was sensational, and the Warriors just embarrassed the Cavs. I mean, it wasn't even close, and um, I mean, it just goes, again, no, no fault of LeBron, uh, because he just doesn't have the help. He doesn't have the supporting cast around him to be able to do anything here. So the sweep happened, and it was predictable, and rightfully so should have happened. Um, but the big news, so congrats to the war. He broke his hand yeah. after game one. That was a, a poor decision on his part to, to punch the whiteboard. Uh, I think the whiteboard's going to win that one. Uh, you know what, though? I will not fault him for that. I will not. Well, you got to this, than that. you got to be smarter than that. You do have to be smarter, I agree. But I will not fault LeBron James in this instance, and I will explain the reasons why. Right or wrong here, he did everything he could in Game 1. Again, 51 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. All he asks for is some competency from his teammates. Now, maybe he was trying to go after George Hill after George Hill missed that second free throw. I don't know. But th- that happens. But J.R. Smith's gaffe... Is going to is an all time blunder. It, there's no other way around it. This will go down in infamy. We'll put this with the likes of the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. We'll put it with the likes of the Chris Weber timeout. You know, with Michigan and the Fab Five there. I mean, we'll we'll put this in lore of all time. It's a, the Jim Marshall running the the opposite way uh, against the 49ers. Uh, of course, that would happen to be a, a Minnesota Viking making that list. But I mean, this was an absolutely terrible decision. And if you saw on Tuesday, I believe it was, the video that they that ESPN, that SportsCenter had, of the huddle in between fourth quarter and overtime of LeBron James and J.R. Smith not saying anything to one another, then LeBron asking head coach Ty Lue if there was a timeout, and then he absolutely loses it. He's almost inconsolable. Because he knows how important of a game that was if the Cavs had wanted any chance to win this series against the Warriors. They had every opportunity in Game 1, could not do it. Teammates couldn't even console him. And after that, you know what? I hope JR was trying to hide behind the blackboard and LeBron punched. I mean, I, you know what? I really hope that or wish that LeBron would have punched JR Smith in the face. I do. I, I shouldn't condone violence here. But I wish he had, um, you know, because I guarantee you that uh, the, the I feel sorry for the blackboard. Maybe maybe J.R. Smith was trying to hide behind it because if I'm LeBron, I don't defend this sort of behavior a lot. But in this instance, I absolutely 100% back LeBron James there because there is that is inexcusable and indefensible as far as I'm concerned. What J.R. Smith did. Sure, you just got to be smarter and realize that if I punch this thing that's not going to give, I could break my hand, which is kind of what he did. Yep. Or it could not break my hand, which would be uh, the good thing to come of it. And uh, the bad thing came of it 
and uh, you can't be doing that. So we got to be smarter than that. So he, he was he was an idiot. So. But but do we know? Was he just punching it out of frustration, or was he trying to punch J.R. Smith? I think that's a very very. I would assume he was punching it out of frustration. <laughs> I, I would agree. But if he was trying to go after J.R. Smith. Um, I would I would highly understand that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Not smart, but it, you, know, you have to control the emotions a little bit here. But I I would say this again: if it cost he cost your team, it was, a, it was a selfish move that cost his team. Wow, I, it was dumb. If he had only scored thirty points and he had uh, the supporting cast there to help him, then I'd say you know what, that's a ridiculous move. But he scores almost half their freaking points in game one. And all he asks for is to know the situation. And J.R. Smith, the dumbass that he is, didn't. So, you know what? I, again, it's not good. But he played fairly well. Now, granted, he drove to the hoop a lot more in games 2 through 4. His jump shot was not good. But you can't say that he was ineffective uh, throughout the games, you know, games 2 through 4, because he scored a bunch of points. Uh, but now we know why he was driving more and and shooting, you know, less at least from distance and whatnot, because he had a broken hand. So, yes, he did. So, uh, Golden State wins their third championship in four years. What do they join the the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Bulls as the only teams ever to accomplish that? Uh, this is quite the feat. And I don't see it going away anytime soon. And I might start to retract what I had said about Clay Thompson leaving. He sounds more prone now to stay. They all sound prone to stay. Kevin Durant is going to stay. Uh, this this Golden State Warriors team is not going anywhere anytime soon. They've won three. <clears throat> Excuse me. They've won three. I think another three is what they're shooting for or what they would like to get. If they could get another three, whether it's three more in a row or three out of four, I think if collectively if you get six, then I think that's, you know, and that puts you, you know, with, with the Bulls, with the Lakers, and with the Celtics. So, you know, I think they're winning it next year. I think they're probably winning at least two more. And if they keep them all together, I mean, you can easily see three more. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't been easy. They rolled everybody last year. Yeah. Uh, Houston was difficult this year. Uh, they did lose to Cleveland once, and they were down OKC 3-2 that one year. So yep. it hasn't been just, you know, easy streaks. Well, they, they've been down 3-2 to two, two different times, so a couple of Game 7s, and they lost the Game stuff. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I think they probably win 5 or 6 when it's all said and done. And, and not to mention, or, you know, the playoff stuff aside, but even look at the regular season too with Steve Kerr and his back problems that he had what last year and and Luke Walton, you know, are what they won the first twenty six games or something like that. Arguably should have been uh, coach of the year. Uh, then you have you know Steph Curry with injury this year and just I mean it seemed like if there was a chance to take the Warriors down, I said it at the beginning of the postseason said if there's it, you can take the Warriors down. In the first round, potentially, I think I I would have much rather wanted Golden State than Houston if I were a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. But now, looking at it, you're like, well, of course. I mean, it's just it's not going to happen. I mean, they're just too damn good. So Warriors aren't going away anytime soon. 
But will their uh, road to another championship next year be more difficult? And it could if LeBron decides to move to the Western Conference. Uh, there are a whole number, a whole number of suitors ready for him. What NBA free agency starts July first? Of course, the Cleveland Cavaliers can talk to him before then, try and you know make their pitch, and I'm sure they will do whatever they can. Uh, they do have what the eighth or ninth overall pick in the NBA draft, so we'll see what they can do with that. The draft, I believe, is June 21st. So, um, looking forward to that. But no, you're not. You're lying. No, you're I pulling a Trump. No, you no, don't give a shit I, no. I I enjoy the NBA draft. I do. I will watch. I will watch it, especially the the first round. I enjoy Jay Billis. Uh, Reese Davis does a good job. I and I, I do enjoy the NBA draft. Not nearly as much as the NFL draft, but um, I will watch this. But the Cavs get their pitch first. And then you have Philadelphia. But the Philadelphia to me now is a bit of a stretch because of Brian the Brian Colangelo saga. Uh, he's resigned now from the 76ers amid that Twitter scandal. I don't see him going to Boston to team up with Kyrie Irving again, even though that would be something that would be very entertaining to watch, LeBron, with that young nucleus. So it's really in the East, Cleveland, Boston, and Philadelphia. But really, it's just... It should just be Cleveland and Philadelphia. And then in the West, could he join forces with uh, Chris Paul and James Harden in Houston? Yes, but the money that... I just don't know if the money would work there. Uh, we, you know what I would do? What, what would you do? I'd tell Chris Paul to pound some rocks, get lost, and I'd bring LeBron in. I'd say, Chris Paul, thanks, but no thanks. And I would just you know screw the money aspect of it and... I would pull, replace Chris Paul with LeBron James. But then no more State Farm commercials with Chris Paul and James Harden. How sad would that be? That's the shits. No more Dr. Pepper guy for the BCS, but too goddamn bad there. What? Larry Culpepper's um, gone? Yeah, Larry Culpepper. You will not see uh, much to uh, Charlie Hildebrand's sadness. Yes. Uh, no more Larry Culpepper. Much to his chagrin. I had not heard that. Uh, so that's... Yeah. Um, maybe I should... Chris get... Paul's coming back, so that's... You know, kind of. No, I like your makes, idea, though. I know it makes things more difficult for Houston because if they just said, "All right, we're bringing LeBron," and they could easily do that. Yep. LeBron, maybe and somebody else that's not named Chris Paul that you're going to have to pay forty million dollars to for five years, which is insanity for him. Uh, but I, you know, I think, I think you know, who do you think? Because he's going to have to bring somebody with him, I think. He's going to go somewhere, and somebody is going to come with him. Mm-hmm. So if it's... He's looked in the L.A. area at, at schools for his kids. Um, yeah. So if he goes to the Lakers, I think it's Paul George that, that comes with. Yeah. If it's the Clippers, yeah. I, I'll... And again, Clippers are a bit of a long shot here, but if they... They're doing whatever they can. They do have Jerry West, who can certainly make a great pitch. You pair him up with Kawhi Leonard, that's a very intriguing team now all of a sudden uh, that can make some noise, assuming Kawhi Leonard's quad is healthy and and whatnot. I do agree with you. I think he's got to go somewhere with it, the team. So I guess it, in the West, you're really looking at 
you know, people said, oh, Golden State maybe. I think we brought this up last week. Oh, if Golden State wins it, then they, they're going to get LeBron. No, that's that's not going to happen uh, unless LeBron takes a major, massive pay cut. So really, it's going to be the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Rockets. I'll even throw the Spurs. I, I, I wouldn't even put the Clippers in there. I wouldn't even put the Clippers. I'm going to put the Clippers as a wild card. And the real dark horse in this, the real Gronkowski... Uh-huh. In this, the Gronkowski in this, if you watch the Belmont Stakes, which we'll get to here momentarily, uh, I will say the Spurs. I will give the Spurs a slight chance here because of Greg Popovich and what I I think LeBron has a massive amount of respect for him. But really, if we're looking at it then, there's six teams with maybe one surprise team in there. And six might even be too high. But really, it's just six teams that are that are vying for LeBron's services. Is that is that right? I think my list is shorter than yours. Uh, latest one, the Lakers are the favorite. The odds that I'm looking at, yep, have the Lakers as the favorite. So that's disappointing because I would not. I think that'd be a stupid move. Uh, for him, I think that damages his legacy if he does that. Um, yeah, I don't think he's winning. I don't know wherever he goes. I think he's done winning championships. I think he can still make the finals if he is in the East. If he's in the West, I don't think he's making the finals again. Because he obviously he, should, he hasn't beaten Golden State. He's beat him once out of four times. Yep. So, um, I had putting all Lakers for. Nonsensical reasons. Uh, Cleveland, Houston, Philadelphia. I think mean, those are the four. I guess I'd be surprised if he doesn't go to one of those four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Philadelphia makes the most sense. But I guess I just don't... I guess there's, it just doesn't sound like that's anything right now. I haven't heard anything on that. Does the Brian Colangelo situa- situation have anything to do with the, the shift in terms of momentum or the favorite to land LeBron? I would say no, because he's out of there. He's not there anymore, and it's not going to happen again. It's going to be a clean slate. Um, like, he can go out if he go back to Miami. Him and, my, like, wherever he goes, Paul George is going to go with to be, to be the number two. So, whether that's Cleveland or the Lakers, or Miami, wherever. I mean, Houston's already got the two guys there. Uh, Philadelphia could use another guy. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I think, would be the other guy he could maybe team up with, maybe trade into Philadelphia. But he, I've he, got the list at four teams. Here's a here's a, a very why a, uh, a maybe a stab in the dark here. Why not the Thunder? Why not join for if you if you can. There you go. If you could kick, let's say you you kick Paul George out of the equation, and you have Carmelo, even though Carmelo sucks, but it, it's still a buddy of LeBron's. Uh, you have Carmelo and Russell and LeBron, or you could kick Carmelo out and keep Paul George. Though I think Carmelo would maybe provide a little. Yeah, I don't know, but the Thunder seemed would would make some sense too, would it not? It would. I haven't heard that. That would make sense. Him and Russell Westbrook, I don't know how that would work out. 
Um, maybe Russell Westbrook is a guy that he would team up with somewhere else besides OKC. Because OKC should probably tear it down because we've seen what they've done the past couple of years and it's, you know, losing the first round of the playoffs and that's not anywhere you want to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Westbrook, hey, yeah, Westbrook, George, and him if that's possible. Uh, I would amnesty Carmelo Anthony just to get his money off of the books there. So, I mean, but again, it's in the West, so yep. it's not looking great. No. It's not looking no, and I, there's not many there's not many destinations in the East you want to go. There's Miami, and only way only reason he's in Cleveland because he's from there, and uh, Philadelphia is is a big market with some history. The Knicks don't go to the Knicks because the Knicks are bad. Um, there's no, I mean, the Bulls are bad. So uh, there's a whole lot of uh, spots in the East for him to go. So it should be it should honestly be between Cleveland and Philadelphia and any other team that can afford him and uh, and Paul George, whether that's Miami or whoever. So the, the what I had read a couple of places, or kind of what maybe the sense that I was hearing in some of the posts, you know, the, the, the chit-chat, you know, by Brian Windhorse or whoever. I'm not saying it was Brian Windhorse that said this, but... LeBron, I think, in this third one, he wants to he wants to be in a place that where he's a little more comfortable. So I that's why I think it's either going to be Cleveland, you know, Cleveland or LA, because he has homes there. Uh, and that's why you're looking at schools for your kids. I, I really think that Cleveland makes sense if he wants to enroll kids his kids at you know Saint Saint Vincent Saint Mary's where he was a legend. But is that too much pressure for him? And that's one of the reasons why I could maybe see him leaving to go to L.A. Uh, because he just doesn't want his kids to have to go to the same school and live up to his legacy. But with that being said, I, I do think based on I guess the the tea leaves maybe he just wants to be someplace where he's a little more comfortable and doesn't have to make this full upheaval does that make sense yes and he should stay in cleveland if that's the case yes yep and that's fine what could cleveland do though i mean they they arguably have the least they had somebody else they what they had paul george they had a guy i mean there's nobody else in the goddamn team like they, they have room to bring in whoever the hell they want they can give LeBron the most money. You can find a one-year, two-year deal. Again, they can just get the roster. There's nobody. There's, there's not a single goddamn guy on that team you have to keep besides Kevin Love. And you can get rid of every goddamn buddy else. And uh, Paul George. I mean, they want didn't they want Paul George? What was it last year at the trade deadline? Yep. With Indiana. Was that the big deal? I think so. so. Yep. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, you got Paul George in Cleveland. I'd say that's as good as any other spots to to go back. I mean, there that team's going to the finals again for the tenth goddamn year in a row. I mean, do, do you think that Paul George? Because Paul George went to Fresno State. He's a California guy, I think, from the LA area. Do you think Paul George? Paul George seems like he really wants to go to LA. Would he sacrifice going to LA to be know. with LeBron in Cleveland? I would. Would you? 
I would if I want I mean, to try and win a championship, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the lifestyle that he wants that in L.A. that Cleveland can't provide. But, I mean, hell, I mean, well, lifestyle's got to be better in Cleveland than Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah, Lakers are not winning anything anytime soon if they don't get LeBron. Maybe they get somebody else. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins seems to be the next best guy out there. and uh, Unfortunately for him, wherever he goes, he puts up great stats, but they haven't won. And we saw what New Orleans did without him. They made this second round and Trump's Portland without him. Mm-hmm. So what does that say about DeMarcus Cousins? If you put him on a winning team, I'm sure he'll, he'll do just fine and contribute. But uh, if I'm Paul George, um, I I mean, if I'm LeBron, the thing should be winning championships right now. And uh, that should be the main goal. I just don't understand the L.A. thing with his movie company and all the L.A. stuff. It's like... I mean, you don't have much here. He doesn't have many years left. Right. He has what maybe three to five. Thirty. Three to five. Yeah. I want to. I want to win some titles. I want to get back to the finals. You do that. uh, Being in the East, and if you get Paul George, see what happens. So, I would prefer to see LeBron and Paul George go to Cleveland. That's what I would like to see happen. I. I. I think that's a great. Thing to a great way to put it, and I would hope that he would stay in Cleveland, that they could get someone like Paul George. I just think, too, if he goes to L.A., I just I, I feel like going to L.A. would make him a, a bit of a hated man um, just because he's going to one of the glamorous franchises. You know, not that the Heat and the Cavs, no offense to them, but they don't have a storied history at all. You go to a Laker team, it's the L.A., it's 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 the Lake Show. You just, you're inviting everyone to cast booze upon you, I think, and just really say, like, what the hell are you doing, LeBron? Uh, in Miami, he was hated because of the decision and because he's joining with two All-Stars. But then he comes back to Cleveland, wins a championship, and I think cements his legacy in Cleveland. So he can't really do anything wrong, but to the average fan, at least to me, I'm not going to cheer for him in L.A. Hell no. I like him. I like him a lot. I think he is, a, you know, for the amount of criticism and the, the, microscope, the, the microscope that's on him at all times, he has delivered above and beyond what anyone could have ever thought he would do when he came out of, uh, out of high school. Uh, living up to the hype as the king. But going to L.A., I'm sorry. I, I won't cheer for him. I, I absolutely will refuse to. You, yeah, you, yeah, it, it, your cheering of him depends on where he goes. Yeah, just to various franchises. Uh, I mean, I think it would yeah. it would be the Lakers. It, it, it truly is the Lakers. I don't think I would... It, I think it's I the Lakers. I don't where he goes. Like as far as you know, whether I root for him or don't root for him, I don't care either way. Well, I don't care where he goes. I don't care if he wins ten titles or none. Whatever, you know, he'll play for as long as he'll play, and I'll watch him, and that'll be good. But yeah. I, I don't care where he goes. So. Okay, yeah, just what? I guess more just my personal preference in there, but it's just something about the Lakers that I it just it would rub me the wrong way. If he chooses to go there, and even Houston too, I guess to, to team up with Harden and Paul, um, even though that's a remote chance, uh, still something that not uh, wouldn't be a fan of. 
The other championship uh, that was won actually the previous night on Thursday night was uh, the Washington Capitals taking down Vegas. Uh, they beat them 4-3 in Game 5 to win the Series 4-1 and win the first Stanley Cup in franchise history, what, year 43-44? And Alex Ovechkin was named the Conn Smythe winner, and he had a hell of a weekend with the Stanley Cup. He did a cake stand out of it, was drinking champagne. He threw a couple pitches at you know, the Nationals-Giants game. He had a blast, and honestly, congrats to him and to the Washington Capitals. That was a very... Games three and four were rough, but overall, I thought a fairly uh, a entertaining series that I wish would have gone longer than five games. Uh, Ovechkin's making an ass of himself. I think it's embarrassing what he's doing. Uh, I, I watched the beginning of Game Five with the shit Vegas that I thought it was awful. I thought it was terrible. The, Did look, you see the beginning of Game Five? The, all the shit with the guy out there. The, 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 I don't know if it was better. I don't know if it was better in previous games. But I thought it was terrible. I didn't see the the opening here. I think the same shit they do. The guy comes out yep. as the Golden Knight and fights a bunch of guys dressed up as the opposing team. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Zimmer, your buddy Matt Zimmer. Yep. He tweet, you see his tweets? I did not. I I'll uh, pull it up here right now. He had a tweet. That said, he was going to watch Game 5, but then he saw the open and said, no, that's fine. He thought it was so dumb that he's like, no, that's that's. I, it, 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 it was good. It was bad. I mean, again, I, I, I like it. I like what Vegas does, but that, but their, their pre-game uh, theatrics aside... I thought that, I mean, this was a very good game back and forth. I wish Vegas would have won, but, uh... Yeah, what the fuck they were running? Like, what, five goals in the second? It was like, goddamn, three, four goals in the span of, like, five minutes. And it so, was really, uh... It was really a, a, a fantastic first period for the goalies. They stopped a lot of big shots. Marc-Andre Fleury, he was bad. He was bad in the series. That's why they lost. He was... That's why they got there. That's why they were good all year. And um, he, he played poorly. So, and it's all about the goalie. So. It is. It is. And uh, certainly Braden Holtby played very well in there. Speaking of Matt Zimmer, let's just uh, get to... By the way, we'll have Marcus Traxler on here later in the podcast to talk about uh, the final wrap-up here of the NHL playoffs and the Stanley Cup final. Speaking of Matt Zimmer, though, uh, just made me think of it. South Dakota State landing a transfer, a point guard from the University of Washington. Uh, Kill Fultz going back to college. All right. Yeah, isn't that great? Michael Carter is the name. And uh, apparently... I mean, David. He's friends with David Jenkins Jr. That's not a surprise, I guess. But uh, this is a pretty big landing, I would say, for South Dakota State. Is it not? I hope he's as good as David Jenkins. That'd be nice. We have two of those guys together. That'd be real good. It would that'd be real good. It would. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what he has. He got three years left. He won't play next year. So uh, Dom, Dom, last year, this kid come can come in. Uh, once Dom is gone, uh, okay, we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does. Hopefully, hopefully, Appleberger landed another one. We'll see. It's just great that they're able to get. I mean, this 
SDSU is building as much as you can what appears to be the dynasty in the Summit League uh, men's basketball. I, I, mean, I just don't see anyone really coming all that close here for a while. I mean, USD looked like they were getting there. There, they'll still be a stiff competition, but and I, I, I guess we'll see what North Dakota can do. But just with with the amount of talent that TJ's bringing in, hopefully he sticks around for a while. Obviously, um, it it might not happen. But if it if it does, I mean, I, I just I guess I really like what they're doing and bringing in guys. It, it says something when you can bring in a guy from the University of Washington and whether or not that has a lot to do with David Jenkins Jr. or not, I'm not sure. I'm sure like Mike Dom, I'm sure, helped a, a little bit knowing that this team made it to the NCAA tournament last year, made it the last three years, is the prohibitive favorite to make it to the tournament this year, and hopefully they will win a game in the NCAA tournament this year, but I, I just like the move overall. It's very aggressive, and I, and I enjoy what SDSU continues to do and continues to look like. Yeah, it's, you, you look at the Milwaukee area, and you look at the, the Seattle area. Those are your two big Otzelberger towns, Milwaukee and Seattle. That's where he gets his players from, because that's where he's been in the past. So, I've heard, I heard, I've heard some rumblings if some folks maybe like SDSU to get like an eight or nine seed, which would be something else. Do you know so, of anyone uh, else? On, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Finish. That's it. That's it. Okay. Do you know of anyone else? Their schedule won't come out until uh, until later on in August. I think is when it when it comes out. But we know for sure they're playing Nevada and Memphis. Is there anything? Else that we any other good teams that we know of in the non conference? I mean, certainly you got to do it because the Summit League is going to be shit. Yeah, I don't know any any as of yet. I don't know what else is out there. Uh, but Memphis, maybe uh, hopefully that's a team that you could beat. I think they will. And, uh, and I mean Nevada. I mean, I think they're going to be a Final Four team, so it's going to be uh, difficult. But um, you know, they played Wichita State tough. They played some teams tough last year, so. Still looking, I mean, they've really not, I mean, Dom hasn't only had that big win like Walters did, Walters beat Iowa, Walters beat Washington. Washington, yep. Those were somewhat big, even though I think Washington, I don't even know if they won, maybe they were 500 team, maybe they won 10 games that year. Um, I mean, Colorado would have been that good win last year. What about Ole Miss? I mean, uh, they fired their coach. I mean, I mean, they're, I mean, they're 12th okay. best team in the SEC. But, I mean, that's a good win. A good, good win. But, you know, maybe, maybe they can, uh, maybe they can get something going here. I'll see if I can find, find anything else. You know, let's see. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I mean, last year they 2018, beat. 2018, 2018, yep. 19. Uh, some guy says he, he got a peek at the schedule. We go to USD on January 5th. They come here February 23rd. I assume that's the last game of the year. Most likely, yep. Bah, bah, bah. Probably they're, they're not in a holiday tournament yet. So, uh, apparently, uh, SDSU is ranked fourth in the mid in the mid major poll or power ranking. Ooh, can I guess the other three? Let's see. 
Nevada's got to be one. Would Nevada be considered a mid-major? Obviously, wouldn't it be? I assume they're one. Uh, let's see. Nevada is Gun- one. Gonzaga? Gonzaga is two. Who's the third one? Uh, no, 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 no. Team that made the Final Four last year. Loyola. Loyola of Chicago. Ooh, very good. And BYU, Buffalo, Marshall, Davidson, Montana, Greensboro, and the rest. So this, this has the potential to be the best team they've ever had. The women, best team they've ever had. So this is uh, is something else. Yeah, and it it obviously when Dom came back, he said, "I know what I need to work on." But I also, in addition to worrying about my you know my NBA prospects, I want to win a game in the NCAA tournament this year. So he's he, of course he's undergoing a different diet, but I think it's just there's a different mindset this year. Of course, him being a senior, I I just think there is going to be something different with this SDSU team this year. This is not a team that anyone will want to take lightly. No, you galaxy here. Uh, Grand Canyon, they open up against Grand Canyon okay. um, in Brookings, so that's a team that's on the come. Uh, Dan Marley still a coach. And, yep. Uh, they're a for, for-profit university, so that's uh, interesting, pretty good. Grand Canyon's not a terrible team. Shut them uh, down. Shut them Oh, wait, no, never mind. Those. There's no more investigations down. in that. That's right. Your friend Matt Norlander. Uh, he was the one that said SCSU might be an 8 or a 9 seed, which is a bit ambitious. Ooh. But he also thinks uh, also thinks Nevada is a, have the talent to be a top-10 team and a possible 1 seed. So by all means, let's get heavy, real heavy and hard on the goddamn Wolfpack bandwagon. Everybody <laughs> aboard this goddamn train hey, I, here. I'm this. with you. The Martin Twins are driving this, right? That and our, our guy from Omaha, Thurman. Oh, yes. Son of a bitch, Thurman. <laughs> yeah. He was a uh, sat, out, sat out last year, so he may goddamn. I don't know how much he's going to play with the way they're uh, stacked up, but um, not uh, not seeing anything for schedule. So okay, well, they'll be on a Canadian. They'll be, they'll be on a Canadian tour August eighth through the thirteenth, so they'll be up there playing. And I think that's all we know so far. All right. Well, hopefully the. The tariffs on farming, uh, on the dairy and everything will be will be better for them. Maybe they could bring some SDSU ice cream. Hopefully there won't be any tariffs on SDSU ice cream. That's too damn delicious. Can Trudeau, can, can Trudeau also run this country while he's running his own? That, that'd be preferable for me. <laughs> we'll, I'll, so, we'll see, we'll see, Wyoming, if, we'll see if what Mike okay. Dom can do with that. But, I, 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 I would vote for Trudeau. <laughs> Very good. Have a write-in. Have a well, write-in. Reed, Reed, Reed Tellenhusen, he, uh, he's saying as a graduate assistant. Yes. Coach. Yep. Oh. Good, good for that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, championships were abound this weekend. Uh, Rafael Nadal wins the French Open. Halep, uh, Simona Halep wins the French mm-hmm. Open on the women's side. She took down Sloane Stevens. Sloane Stevens, an American. Oh, Sloane I've never heard of the other one. Has she ever won before? Simona Halep? I, I don't believe so. I, not, I think this is her first French Open title. What country is she from? Uh, Romania? Let's let's take a look at the old wow. Simona Halep. Wow. Uh, let, let's, let's take a look here. Yeah, women's, I mean, just tennis in general, just 
Yep, she is Romanian. She is Romanian. So, uh... Some random lady won. Sloan Stevens, that's somebody. Yep. Uh, she took down Madison Keys in the semis. So you had American versus American in the semis there. Rafael Nadal wins his 11th French Open. It's truly remarkable. Unfreaking believable. Um, so, yeah. But then, the, the, the biggest win of the weekend, potentially... Uh, for the second time in four years, and only the second time in the last 40 years, we have a Triple Crown winner. Justify won the Belmont Stakes. Uh, pretty much led this race from start to finish. It was very... I, I was tuned in. I was glued in because I wanted to see this. I missed the race the last time because I was at a wedding. So I really wanted to see him win. And if it had, if Gronk if Gronkowski had not gotten off to a slow start, yes, there was a horse in the race named Gronkowski. He was slow out of the gate. He was well behind the pack. He finished in second. Had he not gotten off to such a slow start, I don't know if Justify would have won, but uh, Justify wins. He is undefeated in racing. Uh, it's just absolutely remarkable. And I, I mean, this oh, this horse is going to go down. Uh, in the in the record books, we'll see what he can do at the Breeders' Cup. But did you watch any of this? Because this is uh, this was pretty remarkable stuff. I was calling the baseball game in Omaha, and there was thankfully a big TV where it was at, and they turned it on and they watched the race. So I got to see the race during the baseball game. So I was happy about that. Good race, close race. Uh, happy he won. I think I didn't think he would win, but glad that he did. And uh, good, good for the horses. We got two of them now. Uh, what American Pharaoh was the other one? Which yes. I have yep. In 2015. Completely uh, forgotten, and hopefully I can remember Justified's name here next week. So, um, yeah, good deal with Bob Baffert. Yep. Greatest of all time. Good for him. Yep. Second so, trainer to have two Triple Crown winners. I mean, that's not too bad, right there. Nope. Uh, is the Triple Crown a big deal? Is this still a big deal in horse race? I mean, we only really care about horse racing here in this country for the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. You'll get those fans out there who who like the Breeders' Cup. That's totally fine. They broadcast that, and I'm totally fine with it. You do have people who will go out to Canterbury Stakes there in uh, in Shakopee, Minnesota, and you know we'll watch the horse races there. Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings, uh, is the track announcer there, so you have... A lot of people who do like this stuff, but nationally, it's not nearly as big as it was in the what the, the 20s, 30s, the 40s. You know, when baseball and boxing were uh, among the the best sports or the most popular sports in the country. But how big of a deal is this Triple Crown? It's a big deal the day it happens. It's a big deal the next day, and then after that, I mean, you don't. I, I didn't know what a Triple Crown would be until it happened, and then it happened. And it was a big deal that day and the next day, and then here we are two days from it, and we move on to whatever else. We move on to LeBron and, and stuff. So it's a very short-lived short lived deal, I guess. There's not much longevity in this. Well, Justify will have a very nice uh, life ahead of him once he uh, is done racing. I believe, like I say, he is going to race at the Breeders' Cup, so... Congrats to Justify. Amazing run, and I just uh, very, very happy that I was able to see this Triple Crown. Do you care at all? There are two big events, and then we'll get to the baseball here. Two big events starting this week. Uh, the U.S. Open is at uh, uh, Shinnecock, 
I believe. The fucking golf is this week? Yeah, yep, it's all. Yeah, it is Father Day. It is, yep. Because I remember Charlie saying it's become a tradition. He and his dad watched the damn thing, like, the last time old. Mm-hmm. So oh, you, it's a big deal. See if, the, uh, see if the, the woods does anything. Dustin Johnson won last, uh, this past Sunday or wherever, I think the St. Jude uh, Invitational or whatever, and no uh, golfer who won, who played in the previous tournament, uh, in, to the tournament previous to the U.S. Open, has ever won the U.S. Open, so that doesn't bode well for Dustin Johnson. Uh, all eyes will be on Tiger Woods, of course. I hope he does well, but I doubt he will. I will go with someone like... Uh, I'll just say Jordan Spieth, just for fun, for funsies, uh, because Take a I know. Take a how about chance. how about Hideki Matsuyama? Uh, if we want to go, oh man, out there on a limb a little bit. You know what? Oh, if I really want to go out on a limb, I'll say Tiger Woods. Uh, but what hey. do we what do we think Tiger Woods can do in this tournament here? Hopefully, he can make the goddamn cut. That would be that would be good. I mean, he's it would. His last couple of starts, he's gotten out of the gates uh, very poorly, and he's turned it on there at the end. And he's, uh, hopefully, we can see that maybe on, on a Thursday or a Friday. Mm-hmm. Because goddamn, you want some goddamn excitement? You have this son of a bitch uh, within a couple shots of the lead on a Saturday. Oh. that'll be the guy. That'll, yeah. that'll, that'll be it. All, all, that'll be it. all eyes will be on him, uh, and all, all eyes will be on the U.S. Open. There, no doubt. Uh, on the same uh, the U.S. Open's broadcast on Fox, on that same channel, the uh, the World Cup begins in Russia. Uh, Russia bought this uh, bought FIFA. I mean, the, the ref got paid off there. If we saw a video of that, um, I I am all in on Iceland. Of course, USA is not in the World Cup because we suck at soccer. Uh, so that's that's fine and everything. Iceland has a very difficult draw with Argentina, Croatia, and I forget the other one, but uh, it, it's going to be di- uh, Nigeria. Nigeria is the other one. But uh, are you interested in the slightest about the World Cup? Because I will watch some of it because it is such a big deal, but I'm not going to you know, DVR every game. Oh, I am all in on Iceland. I don't give a shit. Very good. So you don't need. Who's going to win the World Cup, Krenz? Is it going to be Brazil? Is it going to be Argentina? Does uh, Ronaldo and Portugal do they make it? Who who do we got here? Just all of them. All right. Germany, Brazil, Argentina, one of the goddamn countries that always wins the thing will win. Give give me John Rom. Give me John Rom to win the U.S. Open. John Rom to win the Open. Okay. Uh, John Rahm, and then, and then also uh, Bryson DeChambeau, is he the amateur of that last year? Is he an amateur that, that placed well? Yeah, yep. I don't think he's an amateur this year, though. No, give me DeChambeau and uh, John Rahm. All right, very good. I'm going to briefly run through the groups here. We'll just see how you do oh, here. <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> Group A, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay. Who's making it out of the group? Top two, I think. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Who's making it out of Group A in the World Cup? You mean goddamn teams again? R- Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and Uruguay. Russia, probably. Saudi Arabia, probably not. 
Uruguay. What's the other one? Egypt. Egypt? I don't know, probably Uruguay. All right. I would agree. How about about Group B here? Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Iran. Yeah, well, I goddamn most of what the fuck we're talking about here. Spain and Portugal. This is an easy one. Spain and Portugal. (laughs) Did you hear about the thing with Iran about how Nike can uh, is like they don't have the shoes now because Nike won't send it to them because of the whole uh, deal that the with the that deal. Yeah, yep, with, yeah, and Trump saying, oh, the, the sanctions, it's the sanctions against them, and now Nike's like, hey, we can't do this, and Iran's like, what the hell, you just did it, you know, you were able to supply it to us before when there were sanctions, why all of a sudden now? So, uh, yeah, great great stuff there. Uh, I, I'm very so, curious to so see same, what shoes so, Iran so will sport. So the same thing we did with Iran that dipshit thinks is bad and is now... Uh, gotten us out of. He wants to do the pretty much the same thing with North Korea. Well, I mean, that's yeah. Basically. Probably They've not. They've got good. weapons. We don't want them to have weapons. And so, in, in exchange for them not having weapons, we we give them you know economic uh, uh, an incentive economically to not have weapons that could blow up the world. So the Iran deal is bad because the black guy did it. North Korea saying if anything happens is good because now the orange man did it. So. <laughs> um, uh, group, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, group C: France, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. Yeah, I go with France here. They're going to beat the shit out of everybody. Uh, you mean Denmark? All right. Group D: Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. Argentina's going to roll everybody, everybody here, uh, and Croatia. Give me Croatia. Yeah, I think that's very wise. Uh, how about Brazil, uh, Group East, Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, and Serbia? Brazil's uh, winning the whole thing. Uh, Charlie uh, had a link today where you pick nine questions, uh, you answer them, and the questions have to do with uh, what restaurants you like to go to? Oh, and that'll determine your World Cup uh, uh, yeah. theme. Okay. I have no idea why, but it did. It has nothing to do with food. It's all about you like to go uh, to a certain spot. What do you like in your restaurant? You like it loud. I, I need to get uh, to this like link. You? Oh, I'll send this to you here. Uh, so my team that I got was Serbia. So Serbia, <laughs> when the when when the when the deal here? Go service. Uh, group F, Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea. Uh, Germany and uh, Mexico. Build that wall. Group G, Belgium, Panama, Tunisia, and England. This is the biggest bullshit of a region I've seen yet. <laughs> I mean, what is this? Belgium and England. What? Do, I mean, what is happening? So, How do they even come I, up with this shit? I, I I don't know. That's a great question. And like that, that's Panama the thing. Like, and Tanzania. You, you and I what know. What are they gonna do? It, it's Tunisia. Tunisia, not Tanzania. Here, at the, them too. The, 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 what <laughs> are they gonna do? So, like that. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, like to to non soccer fans like you and I. I mean, we know generally. Who the, who the but we know generally who the better teams in the world are. Like you know that Portugal, Germany. yeah, Germany's really good. Argentina's good with Messi. Portugal's good with Ronaldo. Brazil is uh, is tremendous. 
but like I mean, so that's what we know. But then you you get to some of these groups and like yeah, yeah how the, like how the hell is Ed Panama going to do anything against England? Come on, they're not right. I'm very sad. I that said, I said you I said you the deal here. I said maybe you know what? Maybe I'll bet on this stupid shit here. Uh, and then second thought, it's soccer, so I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> so no, I said I sent you the link. Okay, this. I do see it. Thank you. I'll take. I'll take it and see what I can get. And finally, Group H, Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan. Poland and Colombia? All right. They're winning that. I would agree. We are in agreement with just about every one of these teams here. So our soccer IQs together are quite well. So World Cup on Fox FS1. Uh, you can go there for all the times and stuff. I will watch. Oh, I will watch parts of it. I'm not gonna lie. I will watch parts of it because the World Cup's the only thing I give a shit about soccer. You know, about. But uh, I'm all in on Iceland. That's that's my team. So uh, skull, skull, skull. Uh, I hope I don't see a second. If I see a second out, I'll be pissed. I'll be pissed. <laughs> well, maybe you'll be tuning in for the Fox baseball game of the week, and there'll be a replay of. Russia and uh, it'll be no, it'll be uh, uh who who we got here? Uh, Belgium no, and sure Panama. I'm sure I'll see highlights and shit going on, but yeah, this this is this is bad stuff. To bad ra- stuff. To wrap it all up, let's end it on a high note here. Let's talk baseball here. Uh, all right. Twins were terrible last week. Not gonna lie, no. splitting with the White Sox, uh, losing two or three to the Angels. All. At uh, Target Field, that's not good. This the, the Twins are a big disappointment. Uh, I, I was disappointed in the Red Sox mainly because I picked them in the pick'em, and they they went three and three against the Tigers and the White Sox. So that's no bueno. Uh, what else from baseball last week really caught your attention? How about this Cave guy? This Cave uh, for the Twins, he's something else. He's already hit two home runs. He's pretty damn good. Yeah, Jack Cave, he's a guy. Uh, Yankees released him, so they got him from the Yankees. And he, what, he was up a few weeks ago at home running his first game, so good for him, and he hit one the other day. Um, we talked about the East and the West. Yep. The NBA last week. This week, the uh, the National League and the American League. It was this way that last year, but it's even more so this year that the, the American League is loaded with great teams and great players the National League I mean the Cubs are very good they've underperformed the Dodgers are coming back Washington's very good and I love my Atlanta squad all of a sudden you, uh, you jumped off Philadelphia was, though I hear no 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 I no. Stay, stay on Philadelphia give me give, the whole thing if you know the Braves and the Phillies give me the Braves and the Phillies the Mets have shit the bed just get you know, keep the Mets Mets Diamondbacks are better now. Give me, give me those teams. There we go. All right. But, but uh, like the MVP right now, in the American League is Trout because Trout's the greatest. Trout's having a, a top ten all time season. He's going to have a ten war season and maybe even eleven war season. And top ten of all time. Nobody cares. No, nobody. Nobody pays attention. Shohei Otani yeah. is. Got, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you had more on Trout. Yeah, that, that that could be bad. Yeah, that that could be bad. So, 
Uh, if he's out, yeah, they say he's going to miss this year and all of next year. If if surgery is needed if, on the if Tommy John surgery is needed on the uh, the ulna collateral ligament in his elbow, uh, it's, a, it's a grade two or something, which is not a tear, but it's it's one step right below it. Yeah, so that that could be bad. Uh, Tanaka with the Yankees had something similar, and uh, he had a treatment where he didn't have to have it. So hopefully that happens because it would be nice to have him around uh, for a while. But if not, he's still only 24 years old, so he's got plenty of time left. But if you just look at the American League versus the National League, it's, it's a big difference. National League MVP right now, I'd say, is Max Scherzer. Um, mm-hmm. Position player-wise, like Freddie Freeman is having a great year. I guess he'd be the only position player I would consider for MVP. Really? Okay. Uh, there's a lot of surprising guys. I mean, Joey Votto got off to a slow start. Goldschmidt has gotten off to a slow start. You know, he had a great week this week. So uh, not a whole lot on the NL side. But on the American League side, you've got Trout and you've got Mookie Betts. And you got Judge, and yep. you got Machado, and a host of other sons of bitches. Well, so Ma- Machado has no chance. Machado has absolutely well, no, zero not, chance. You no, know, he's not going to win MVP if he was, I mean, but he's having as good of a year as anybody's having. Mm-hmm. Um, Jose Ramirez with the Indians. Uh, he was a surprise last year. He's having a, uh, another great year. Lindor with the Indians. Having a great year. Altuve, a uh, good year again. So there's, I mean, J.D. Martinez is going to hit 50 home runs. So, you've got a lot of guys on the American League side. Uh, Eddie Rosario has had a great year with the Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Escobar with the Twins. He's leading the, he's leading baseball in doubles, for God's sakes. Escobar's leading the goddamn baseball in doubles. Uh, Morneau has the team record with 47 doubles. I think Escobar beats that. He's already like at 25. 47 seems record. really low. I mean, 50 doubles is tough. 50 doubles is tough. Um, so I'll, I think I, I hope Escobar uh, breaks that record. But um, You would just need yeah, to I mean, average just, one double every three games and you would beat it. That's tough to do, though. I mean, yeah, it is. It doubles, is. I know. <laughs> 50, 50 doubles is. I mean, he's well ahead of the pace. He's, you know, he's on pace for well over 50 doubles. He's at what, 25 right now, and we're still, you know, 15, 20 games until the halfway point. So, hopefully, hopefully he gets it. So, Escobar, Rosario, the two heads, they've been playing uh, really well for the Twins. Everybody else, not as much. Well, going forward here, we'll have a lot more baseball talk here. Like I said, NBA's done, NHL's done. We don't need to talk about the NFL. So, it'll be strictly baseball and uh, NBA free agency. And mix a little World Cup or golf in there, too, as well. So, well, there's a few sprinkles in there. Anything else, Mr. Krenz, before we say so long? South Dakota passed uh, six-man football the other day, so that's going to happen. Why? Why? Dumb. Dumb, you say? Well, is, that, is this, is this uh, smart or is this bad? I mean, it just seems like you're adding more classes then. No, they're not adding it. Oh, they're okay. not adding. They're taking 9B, getting rid of it, and... Gotcha. Replacing it essentially, so they're not adding so yet. They were adding to it; that'd be terrible. But they're instead of having three nine-man classes, they're going to have two with the six-man class in there. So 
we'll see uh, we'll see how that works. Who who would be uh, in the six man then? It's any school. You take your freshman, sophomore, junior boys enrollment. If it's forty or under, then you can qualify for that. Okay. So there's a lot of co-ops in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Well, just a matter of if you know somebody feels like they want to break off and have a six-man team, where you you know really only need ten, twelve players, honestly. Right. But um, you know Freeman, Freeman, Oma Drew Amon, they uh, could not field the football team a couple of years ago, so they co-opted with uh, Canastota, a town nearby, because they only had like. 12, 14 players. They couldn't have any of a practice for a nine-man team, so they co-opted with them. And um, I'm interested to see what they do if they break off and say we want to go six-man again or not. So could be a lot of uh, co-ops that break apart. I'm interested to see how many are there going to be. 20 teams, 30 teams, how many are going to uh, do it? And if there are, who the hell are they going to play because it's a very, it's a very big state, so you may not have anybody uh, within I don't know fifty miles of you. So mm-hmm. how the hell are you going to play any teams? Well, and I wonder if if they make this if they made this rule and even thought about just how many teams could or cities could break off yeah. and just how big this could get. Do they think of the ramifications of that or consider that at all? I think the the nine B teams. I mean. All of your six-man teams are going to be former 9B teams. I'm sure a couple of them will move up to 9A, and uh, a few will move down to 9B. I'm sure there not all of them will move down, so there will be a couple that will stay at 9-man and go to 9A. So I just wonder what the geography looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, towns are the big towns are getting bigger, and the small towns are getting smaller. So it's... Uh, more difficult for the smaller towns to get a team, so they decide that a nine-man do six-man, and maybe that can save some of the schools so they have a football team. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch, that's for sure. Uh, fall will be right around the corner before we know it. That's right. All right. Travis, you have a great week. Oh. Yes. Baltimore Orioles, they're bad. Yes, they, they are. They are. They might lose like 105 games. They are. Horrendous. And does Buck Showalter then get the axe? Probably. I like him. Does he deserve to get um, the axe? No, I mean, they're just a bad team. Bad, bad. I mean, Alex Cobb has been a disaster. He's somebody I really wanted for the Twins. And I don't know what the hell his deal is, but Jesus Christ, his area is like almost eight. And he's just in shambles. They're, they're tied with Boston here, 0-0 in the 11th in a game I'm sure they're going to lose. But, I mean, that's the team. I mean, I, between them, Kansas City, and the White Sox, we may have three 100-plus loss teams. The, I mean, the top of the American League is unbelievable, but the bottom is just bad. So we may have, you know, two or three 100-win teams and two or three 100-loss teams all in the same league. Well, at least for Baltimore Orioles fans, they can take some solace in the fact that the Washington Capitals have won the Stanley Cup. There you go. Go Caps. Indeed. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. 
Travis Crins joining us here. Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate talking with my good friend there. Great stuff there, as always. You can find this podcast available online. Just search the Sports Block Podcast on iTunes. Also follow me on Twitter, at Andy Stacken. Also Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Don't have too much for you here uh, going the rest of the way, but coming up next, Marcus Traxler with final thoughts on the Stanley Cup Final. We wrap up the NHL postseason. And we'll put a bow on the show here. It's all coming up here. Sports Block Podcast. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast and pleased to be joined by my good friend Marcus Traxler from the Mitchell Daily Republic. Marcus, how are you doing? I'm well, Stack, and how are you? Good, good. Uh, the NHL season has come to an end. Unfortunately, we didn't get the six or seven games we were hoping for in the Stanley Cup final, but uh, Game 5 was an absolute doozy. Won by the Washington Capitals 4-3. They win the series 4-1 in their first Stanley Cup in over four decades. Alex Ovechkin named Conn Smythe winner. Uh, game 5 was pretty remarkable, was it not? Yeah, I, I kind of stepped away. I, I was sort of following it on my phone and, and stepped away for a minute and, and uh, saw that you know Vegas was up three to two with twelve thirteen minutes left in the, the third period, and I came back you know ten minutes later and they're down four three. So, um, sort of speaks to the firepower that Washington sort of had uh, throughout the playoffs and sort of tapped into, uh, especially in that in that last series, just a bunch of different guys again, kind of like we talked about last week, finding the net. And uh, what a, what a great story they are. Even if even if they got in the way of the ultimate you know story in Vegas, uh, a great finish for Washington. This was a team Washington that many expected this to be a rebuilding year for them. And you, I mean, think of what they went all in on losing. Uh, like they went after uh, Shattenkirk from the Blues, mm-hmm. getting him the defenseman last year. Obviously, that didn't pan out. So you had you know you still had Ovechkin, you still had Oshie, but there was a lot of unknowns to this team. Here and now we know of some of the more household names like a Devonte Smith Pelly or a, a Tom Wilson, uh, just Kuznetsov. You know, and, yeah. Exactly, Evgeny Kuznetsov. There, there's just a lot of guys now that you that you see on this team that that played a huge or that, that certainly played a contributing role in the in the Capitals winning the Stanley Cup. Well, it's kind of like we always talk about. It, it seems like we we pretty much always talk about it in the context of the wild, but you need to have everybody around the stars really pulling in the same direction. And that's always kind of been a big knock against Washington. They have Ovechkin, but uh, if the other guys aren't going to come through and score or make big plays, it doesn't really matter uh, too much unless Ovechkin is going to score four goals a game, and he's just not going to be able to do that all the time. So I I think, you know, kind of as the series wore on, that sort of freed him up just because those other guys were playing so well. And, uh, you know, offensively, they were just a really impressive, I thought, you know, and, and uh, did some things physically and were able to, you know, take away some of Vegas' speed, which I think made the difference, and I, and I think we'll probably get to it here. You know, Fleury just was not uh, the quality that he needed to be. He was not the quality he was in the first three rounds. I think you and I maybe hinted at that possibly happening in this series, so mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll maybe take some credit for that. But, yes, you take um, you take was, far more credit to that than I will. <laughs> <laughs> But, I, I, you know, I just think, you know, Washington took advantage of the right thing in the series. Did Vegas, it, it, it's ironic, well, I guess when anyone, anytime anyone goes to Vegas, you always hope to get lucky at the casinos. 
And Vegas mm-hmm. seemed to have some very unlucky. They had no puck luck in the Stanley Cup final. Let's just be honest here with how many you know crossbars and pipes that they hit in this series. It just feel it felt like they were snake bitten a bit in this series. Well, I mean, to me, I just think there were some occasions where they just didn't help themselves very well. You had a couple times when the puck got behind Flurry, you could tap into the net pretty easily, um, where he's not not able to control a puck that I think. On most days, he would be able to. Obviously, hope he had the great save in Game Two that everybody's, you know, probably going to remember. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it, depending on who you are, you're going to think that's uh, what changed the series. So, um, you know, I think that's certainly true. I think Vegas, um, you know, they, they didn't have the guys. You know, if we're talking about in the context of Washington, Vegas did not have their auxiliary guys really firing with any to some of those lines that were really producing earlier in the playoffs. And yep. I mean, to me, it wasn't a fluke that that Vegas got there. You look at uh, the fact that they, they beat Winnipeg fairly handily. Same thing with the Sharks. Um, they earned their spot, but it's just, uh, you know, I think some of that ran out on them. No, oh, I, absolutely. I, I would agree with, with that there. Uh, it, yeah, it just, it ran out for them. Washington was, was clearly the better team. I did have a point that I was going to bring up, and now that's, uh, escaped me here. So I'll just move on to the next sure. one. Oh, you mentioned the, the Holtby. Stick save, and I, I think yes, that if we're going to look back at a, a series defining moment here, certainly Holtby's uh, stick save there in Game Two on I believe it was was it Tuck or was it Halla? I think it was Halla. It was Tuck. It, it was, was Tuck. Tuck. Okay. Um, either way, it was a wild player. You know, go figure. A wild player comes up short in a big stage. Uh, I mean that. Sure. There, there you go. But going back to Game Two in there, that that. Five on three penalty kill that the Capitals had. I thought that was really the definitive moment there that helped them propel to that game two victory. So I think if if we want to look at it, certainly Braden Holtby's stick save is has got to be considered number one. But I think the five on three penalty kill in, in game two has to be right up there as well. Yes, and if we're talking about power plays, you know the Capitals sort of loosened uh, Ovechkin up a little bit, didn't make him quite as. Uh, didn't quite put the pressure on him on the power play like they have in the past. And I think they sort of benefited from that as well, that he wasn't you know, the only guy that had to score for them in that situation. So that was big as well. Do, I mean, for teams, don't they know where Alex Ovechkin is? I mean, he's parked pretty much the same area all the time on the power play. I, or you know his area. I think there was a – was it in game five, you know, there was a puck that went across the ice to Ovechkin, and Mark andre Fleury saw it coming the entire way. Couldn't quite get a... I think it went off his knee pad or something. And, and, but shouldn't teams recognize where Ovechkin is? I mean, you know where he's going to be parked on the power play. Yeah, it's amazing when you watch uh, these playoffs. It seemed like there was three, four times where there was just a great pass uh, across the slot to awaiting Ovechkin, and he just hammers home a power play goal. I mean, he, that's that's like his play. I mean, it's just, he's so good at it, right? I don't uh, necessarily know why. I mean, part of it is he's obviously a tremendous goal scorer. I mean, we're talking about, you know, one of the, probably the one of the five best goal scorers in the history of the game. And um, he's, you know, with with the Cup, uh, for me, I'm just really happy that he won it. Obviously, he's happy he won it uh, with all the partying that's been, been going on. But, are you okay with him doing all that stuff? You know, drinking out of the cup and everything. I have no problem with it. Travis thinks he's a bit of an ass. I love it. I, I mean, why you you win? Uh, and considering the way some of these people uh, dragged him for a long time, I think he's he's earned it. Um, it's hilarious. I mean, this you know, people kind of being 
uh, jackasses with the Stanley Cup. That happens pretty much every year. So yeah, and you know what? It, it's the Stanley Cup is the only trophy in sports that you can really do this stuff with. That it's celebrated and brought everywhere with you. It's like a, it, I mean, it, it's unlike any other sport in 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 trophy to, or it's unlike any other trophy in sports to win. I mean, nobody really wants to take the commissioner's trophy in Major League Baseball around, and you know, I don't even know what you would do with it. Right. Uh, so it's uh, it's one of those things where the Stanley Cup sort of lends itself to having some fun. Yeah, and it's bigger than the sport itself, almost, which is almost which is yeah. uh, remarkable. What did you think of the the a number of the the amount of Capitals fans? In the Vegas, uh, in T-Mobile Arena, there for Game Five. Does that say something about the Vegas hockey fans, or did the Capitals fans just say, you know what, we're going to pay top dollar for this because this is our team's first Stanley Cup, uh, you know, championship on the horizon here, and we're going to pay whatever it takes to get it? What, what does it say more about? I don't think it says much about Vegas. I think I was actually listening to somebody else kind of argue the same point. I mean. We saw it a few years ago. I think it was uh, Philadelphia and Chicago were playing. I mean, there were a ton of Chicago fans in Philadelphia's building, and they're pretty uh, big sports fans. Um, I mean, you almost see it every year um, mm-hmm. when it's a, a position where you're you can clinch in the other team's building. Um, you know, I know the tickets were really hard in Winnipeg, but I'm willing to bet that if Winnipeg was on the brink of being eliminated, there'd be some fans of the other team there too. So it's just, um, and I think, like you said, when Washington's on the brink of making this happen, uh, you're going to pay to be there. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And then also, the scene in Washington as well was just fantastic. Uh, to my knowledge, no no horse poop was eaten, so they obviously uh, are better fans than That's Philadelphia. A That's yeah, a victory. Yeah. It is. They're better fans than Philadelphia, but it's just it was a very cool scene to see you know, Washington, you know, the, the D.C. and all the Capitals fans there so excited in the arena because they had a, a viewing party there and then outside on the streets just partying away. Uh, that was a very cool moment to see. And I hope to someday experience that with either the Wild or the Vikings or Twins or Timberwolves, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Washington, um, obviously it's a big football town and, and they won in the early 90s in the Super Bowl at the Metrodome. Um, but, you know, since then they just haven't done much. You think of the Capitals. I think this was, what, only their second Stanley Cup final appearance ever. Mm-hmm. And the last time they got swept, um, you know, the, the Wizards and Bullets uh, haven't done anything since, since Wes Unseld was there. Um, and the Nationals are pretty young, and they've already had a fair amount of playoff heartbreak as well. So um, they've, they've certainly paid their dues, and uh, I'm certainly, for today, or this week, I should say, at least uh, you know, somewhat pleased for Washington. If they if they turn into you know Boston sports fans quickly, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be on the other side of it. Yeah. So the Washington Capitals, Stanley Cup champions. Any other thoughts from this series, the final or the the playoffs in general? I think it was a fun playoffs. I mean, I think we we saw you know just sort of a different smattering of teams. I mean, think of and I think the Western Conference is probably the conference you and I keep a closer eye on, and, and certainly the Central Division. And um, you know, we completely saw that division turned upside down. You know, how long has it been? Uh, Chicago, Minnesota, uh, you know, St. Louis, pretty much always in, in that playoff, uh, area, Colorado. Now this year was, you know, Nashville, Winnipeg, um, you know, Minnesota was there, uh, Colorado was interesting. Obviously Vegas made a big story. Um, Washington was great. And so I think we, we saw some new teams. I think that's 
something that the NHL desperately needed. I know your big ratings, yeah, the ratings were pretty good for these playoffs yep. all around. So um, I think that's a good sign for them going forward. And the NHL, I think, has to position themselves going forward uh, to, to reach as many millennials as they can because that's, that's where they need to be. Agree with you 100% there. Uh, last one here. Uh, World Cup starts in Russia here this week. Are you going to watch any of it? Do you have a favorite? Um, you got any interest in this at all? I do. Uh, it hurts that the U.S. isn't in it, but I've I've uh, you know certainly fashioned myself into enough of a soccer fan lately that I'm certainly interested. Um, I know you'll be a big, big Iceland follower. Oh yeah, I mean story heading yeah. heading into this uh, this World Cup. Come with um, me. I mean, come, come come join the the Icelandians over here. We're, I mean, we got a tough draw, but uh, certainly uh, school is going to be alive and well there in Russia. Yeah, there's some sneaky, sneaky, t- tough draws. I mean, I think uh, I-, I can't remember exactly who all is in England's group, but I did see that like Tunisia was with, uh, drew with somebody the other day, either, either France or Spain. It was it must have been Spain, and uh, that was it was like one nothing or something. And it was like you know that's a pretty good wake up call to the folks uh, in England because they're going to have a tough goal that after they got uh, knocked out by Iceland in the uh, the 2016 Euros. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's Belgium, like, Panama, Tunisia, and England in Group G. Yes, yes, Belgium is good. Uh, I don't, you know, Panama obviously got in. Uh, you know, David Ace were sort of the backdoor, one of the backdoor teams when the U.S. blew it. So that's an interesting group. You know, people are, are high on on Belgium. We'll see if they get that done. Um, I feel pretty strongly that it'll be you know some sort of combination of Brazil, Germany, or or Spain. Um, in this this World Cup to make it to the final, and uh, you know Argentina, I think would be one of the better stories. But they are just an increasingly old team, and I don't think they're necessarily going to have the firepower to make a huge run. Uh, when you kind of run the simulations um, on how some of these groups could turn out, the, the bracket could get a little lopsided. So that's one thing I hope we don't have is that we see a lot of the powers sort of stacked in one side of the bracket. That makes for good matches earlier in the tournament, but. Uh, we want a good final as well. Yeah, no, I I agree. There there are some just really it would seem like crappy draws for teams. It's like, eh, can we even some of this out a little bit? Like I think you mentioned that Tunisia had a to- uh, had a draw, but I I look at Eng- I look at that group and I just see England and Belgium probably the prohibitive favorites. One would have to imagine in that region. You know what? In all honesty, I'm kind of I've been following this Egypt story here with Mohamed Salah and stuff. I yeah, think that would yeah. be great to see Egypt make it out of Group A. I mean, Russia is not exactly a stellar uh, a, no, a juggernaut. A, there, you have Saudi Arabia and Uruguay. I mean that. Yes, yes. Uh, Saudi Arabia is, is is not. I mean, they're not a, a cupcake, but that's somebody. I, I think if Salah was healthy, I think it'd be. Uh, you know, they'd certainly be a favorite to get out of the group, maybe the favorite to win the group. Um, I, Russia's nothing to write home about. Um, and as a, a Liverpool guy, uh, I was sad to see Salah get hurt. So that's, I'll be rooting for him. Hopefully he can be on the field. I, I do believe Spain and Portugal play in the very first round as well, which, uh, or, or something like that. Yep. It's like a really good matchup. Uh, and, and then, you know, if, you, if you're a Mexico follower, I mean, they get Germany's first game. So that's going to be tough. Uh, but, you know, so much rides on that first game. You have to get a point because uh, you really put yourself in a bind if you don't get anything out of that game. And you, you have to you know, assume with Portugal, with Cristiano Ronaldo, that that's going to be um, 
that's going to be interesting as well. It, it should be fascinating. Well, they, had, they had the uh, they had the incredible run at the European Championships two years ago. I just can't see them quite replicating that. But uh, you never know. I mean, you get hot and uh, things can, can change quickly. Well, we'll see how the World Cup goes, Marcus. I appreciate the time as always with the with the Stanley Cup playoffs and everything. Um, thank you for always coming on, and maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, reach out to you here in uh, in a couple of weeks, and uh, we can go over what's going on at the World Cup if you're fine with that. I know you'll be uh, in tune to it, and uh, it should be should be fun from Russia. Not a problem. All right, thank you, Marcus. Take care. Marcus Traxler, Mitchell Daily Republic, kind enough to join us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. Big soccer fan. So, yeah, I uh, thought maybe we'd be done with Marcus for the year, but uh, I don't know. I think we're going to have to maybe get to talk about his novel. And, uh, maybe, you know, that's the Stewie Griffin from Family Guy there uh, making an appearance here on the Sports Block Podcast. No, we'll... we'll We'll reach out to Marcus, see if we could talk some World Cup here. Obviously knows his stuff. So uh, with that being said, this is the end of the Sports Block podcast for this week. Again, you can find us available on iTunes. Just search Sports Block Podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at Andy Stacken. Also on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of the week. Uh, thank you to Travis, and thank you to Marcus for joining me. Uh, thank you to uh, the listening audience for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and hope you tune in again next week. Uh, it'll be shorter here in the summer, and we'll have a few weeks where we won't be talking, uh, or won't be doing a podcast, but until then, uh, we'll keep you posted. Otherwise, just assume every week we'll be doing one until we don't. In that case, we'll let you know. So, with that being said... Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, Nathan Stacken. Reminding you, find us on iTunes, and we'll talk with you again next week. Please join us for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Talk to you next week, Sports Block Podcast. <laughs>